we are already into the Christmas season. Like it or not, it is here. How many of you, by show of hands, you're already engaged a little bit in the Christmas season? You're decorating, you're putting up, you're shopping for gifts, you're even pulling out the Christmas music. Yeah? How many of you are like just the opposite? You're like, really? Do we have to do this again this year? Can't we take a year off? <laughs> How many of you all raise your hands because you're like, wait, shoot, is it December already? <laughs> For me, I, I, I'm usually one of the last people to get involved, but this Thanksgiving, uh, I was like, you know what, I'm just pulling out all the Christmas tree stuff. I'm getting this done today. I'm going to enjoy this season. And so my son and I, we were putting up all this stuff. It took us like all day, Christmas Day, to get this done. We earned our Thanksgiving lunch that day, but it, we got it done. You know, as we held in the holidays together, I've been thinking about how much time we typically spend as Americans shopping for gifts for other people. Have you ever thought about this? I mean, for some people that are on our list, it's kind of easy. We just kind of know what they want. They even may, maybe, maybe make it obvious for, it, for us. You know, they kind of stick, stick these little ads on the refrigerator or something, just in case we might happen to see it. I mean, it becomes easy and clear. But then there are those other people in our life who have everything already, right? And they don't really want anything or need anything, and they don't really give us any hints. And so we could spend hours trying to shop for the right Christmas gift for them, right? Or we can just go and to, to Fry's and buy a gift card for them and be done with it. But for me, at least, that tends to be a last resort. That's something I like to do if, if I just can't find anything else to do to get for them. So I'll spend all this time, I'll spend hours sometimes trying to figure out the perfect gift for someone. And I'm secretly hoping in the back of my mind, man, I hope this gift doesn't end up in their re-gifting pile on December 26th. Right? And how many of you have a re-gifting pile? Raise your hands. Oh, come on, admit it. We're friends here. You have one, right? Maybe it was that scented candle. And you, oh, you didn't even have to light it. You just took one whiff of that thing and you're like, whoo-hoo, re-gift, right? Or that, that one year someone decided to buy, they thought it would be a really good idea to buy you a, a bathrobe for Christmas. And you're like, there is no circumstance in life where I'm going to be walking around the house for five minutes in one of those, right? Hmm, no gift receipt, re-gift, Right? It's a nice gesture, but no. You know, re-gifting, it, it's kind of interesting. It's something that most all of us do, but none of us want to admit to because we think it's tacky, right? But have you ever thought that maybe sometimes re-gifting is a good idea? Maybe it's something personal. Maybe it's a piece of jewelry or an heirloom that you want to pass down to someone at an appropriate time, and that re-gift will mean everything to them. I, I know for me, uh, years ago, one Christmas, or two Christmases, I made these books, uh, which are of my grandmother's uh, newspaper columns that she wrote in a Christian newspaper, and also her sermons that she wrote before she passed. And I gave those to my family members for Christmas, and that just meant everything to them, to be able to tangibly hold and see what she wrote many, many years ago. Sometimes regifting can be really powerful and really meaningful. Regifting isn't meaningful when you know that you're just getting a gift from someone else because they didn't want it in the first place, right? So like they're just trying to pass off the stuff that they don't want. But re-gifting can be deeply meaningful if we know that the person giving the gift sees it as valuable or meaningful, right? And honestly, you know what? I can't think of anything more valuable to re-gift to people than the gifts that God has already given to us. Think about it. So in this series, we're going to be opening up the Bible and we're going to be discovering some of the most meaningful gifts that God has given to us that we can re-gift to others. So turn with me, if you would, to Isaiah 43. 
We're going to start our holiday re-gifting here. Isaiah chapter 43. Also, keep in mind, if, if you didn't happen to remember to bring your, your Bible with you, go to um, gracetucson.org slash Bible, and you can jump into our Bible app there, and you can kind of follow along with the scriptures there, as well as some supplementary materials that I've given you today. Today we're going to talk about a gift that God has given us that we may forget how valuable it is to re-gift to other people. And that is the gift of presence. Craig and Heidi talked about this just a few minutes ago. You know, the gift of presence. In other words, being physically, emotionally present for people and with people during difficult times. You know, we all go through seasons of life when everything's all right for the most part, right? There are no real difficulties or challenges to speak of. But you know, not a single one of us is immune from those other times, are we? Those times when life gets a little bit harder. Times when someone deeply hurts or betrays us. Times when we receive bad news or face trials or losses. Sometimes in those moments we can be sustained by the people around us who love us and support us and give us the, what we need to be able to get through it. People who pick us up and dust us off and make sure that they're the presence in our lives that we need. But how many of you know a little something about those times when life just hits you hard and there isn't enough encouragement? There isn't enough support to go around? When there aren't enough people around you who understand what you're going through to help you through? Those can be some pretty lonely times, can't they? Sometimes you can be even surrounded by people, people who care about you, but they don't really notice or get what's going on in your life. Or maybe... Maybe you just don't want to be a burden to them, and so you don't share with them what you're going through, but deep inside you're just feeling alone. You know, Christmas is especially one of those times when people can feel alone. I I recently read that one in six people find Christmas to be the loneliest time of the year, a time when a lot of things resurface for us. What do we do in those times? And what what can we do in those times for others. That's what brings me this morning to Isaiah chapter 43. You know, Isaiah 43 was written to God's people in a time when pretty much all of them were hurting and they felt alone. It was a time before Christ, a time when almost all of them who followed the one true God were slaves in a foreign land, a time when God saw his people hurting and he knew that the most important thing he could give his people in that moment was the gift of presence. Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse 1. Listen to these words. But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Let the words of God just kind of wash over you this morning. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom. I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours because you were precious to me. You were honored, and I love you. 
Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I have to tell you, this is one of my most favorite scriptures in all the Bible. I read this at times when I need some extra encouragement. When I read this, I see a people who are struggling and wondering if they're going to make it through. A people who feel unloved, who feel alone, who feel fearful for the future. A people who have been put down so far, they've forgotten how valuable and loved they truly are. God's words in this critical moment are so personal and meaningful. God reminds them in this moment that they are not alone, that he is present with them. I want to remind us today, please hear me. I want to remind us that in difficult and lonely times, there is no greater gift than the gift of presence. In times when we're feeling lonely, in times when everything is just kind of coming on us, in times when we feel like we're in deep waters, as Isaiah describes, people can give us stuff, and that's great, but when people give us the gift of presence, that means everything, doesn't it? Most of the time, we can't fix the challenges that other people face, but we can be there. We can be present, and that means everything. God says here to you and me, he says, I am with you. God promises in several other places in Scripture, I am with you, he says. In fact, the book of Matthew quotes from the seventh chapter of Isaiah, which we heard earlier this morning, where God tells them about the ultimate fulfillment of that, about an Emmanuel who was to come. Emmanuel, which literally means, translated, God is with us. God tells them that one day a virgin would come and give birth to a son, a son named Jesus. God present in the flesh, coming to the world to save, to ransom, to heal his people. Let me tell you something. In this life, we can't always rely on others. People will let us down. In fact, just at times, we, like we let other people down, people will let us down. But God reminds us in Isaiah 43 that he does not. He wants to be present and he is present through every trial that we face. Every time we feel alone and we think that God isn't present, we think God isn't there, rest assured, God is there. Can can we walk back through these verses for just a moment? There are some things that I want to just kind of lift up for you, that lift out for you that I think will be really meaningful to you this morning. The first is, I I see it right in verse 1. As God is always present in our lives, God wants us to be present in the lives of other people. God says it right here in verse 1. These words are so deeply personal. I created you. I formed you. I ransomed you. You are mine. Don't be afraid about what you're going through. If you're struggling today and you feel alone, can I just encourage you to reach out to God? He is, he's here. And his word can bring comfort and encouragement in times when you're struggling. It can bring comfort and encouragement to others in times when they're struggling seeing or even experiencing that. And you are the person that they need to help them see that God is present in their lives. It's a gift that God asks us to re-gift to others. Philippians 2.4, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Galatians 6.2, share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. 
when we are sensitive to the difficult times that others are going through around us, we can be Jesus with skin on to those who truly need it, to those who are hurting. And in those moments, we can encourage them by helping them see ways that God is present, that God is working in their circumstances. How many of you have been in circumstances at times when you just feel like you're in those deep waters that Isaiah describes and it doesn't seem like God is anywhere around? And you need someone in that moment to just point out to you the fingerprints of God in that situation. To show you, you know what, I think I see God working right here. What do you think? Sometimes God brings us across people who need us to be present in their lives because they don't even have that relationship with God. And we are the only Jesus they know. And if we aren't bringing God's presence into their lives, they don't have it. Few things can deepen a relationship like re-gifting God's presence beyond what is expected and being truly present in theirs. In part, because just as God is an ever-present help, when we help others, we're re-gifting to them God's presence. When God says He's present in our lives, He's not just saying that to give us some warm fuzzies. He's not saying that to just make us feel good better. He's saying that to help us through the tough times that we're going through. Let's look back at some of the things that God says here. Look at verse 2. Notice what God says to his people. "When When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. How many of you can find yourself in this verse at times? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Does that, I don't know, does that reassurance, does that comfort you? It does me. Sometimes I have to go back and read those verses in Isaiah 43 to remind myself how God is present in my life at times when I feel like He isn't. Listen to what God says just a few lines before this in chapter 41. This is just, (laughs) I tell you, uh, this section of Isaiah sometimes is just really personal and meaningful to me. I I love Isaiah 41. This is from the message paraphrase. Listen to this. It says, because I, your God, have a firm grip on you and I'm not letting go. I'm telling you, don't panic. I'm right here to help you. Do you feel like a lowly worm, Jacob? Don't be afraid. Feel like a fragile insect, Israel? I'll help you. I, God, want to reassure you. The God who buys you back, the Holy One of Israel, I'm transforming you from worm to harrow, from insect to iron. Psalm 46 says this, and many of you are familiar with this passage. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in times of trouble. Therefore, what? We will not fear, though the earth give way to them and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its roar, waters roar and foam, foam, that's a tongue twister, and the mountains quake with their surging. In other words, in other words when, you're, when everything around you seems to be falling apart and you just feel like God is absent, God's saying, I am always here, ready to help you. God is near to his people. Let me tell you. In fact, the whole, one of the names for the Holy Spirit is the word paraclete, 
which means one who comes alongside another, uh, an advocate, a, a counselor. Jesus told his disciples 2,000 years ago that he had to leave because the Holy Spirit needed to be with them and needs to be with us. Why? Because he is a present, ever-present help to be with us 24-7 whenever we have a need. He is so near to us that he knows what we think. He knows how we think. He knows when we hurt. He knows us completely. What's happening to us moment by moment. He is Emmanuel, the God who has come near to us. You know, we can't re-gift the help that only God provides to people. We can't keep someone from being consumed by the challenges of life. But in our own way, we can be present to re-gift God's presence to people who need it. To be sensitive to God's direction and to be quick to respond and be an ever-present help to those who need it. You know, someone that some of, that some of you know in this grace community is a man by the name of Jim Winters. Jim Winters is one of those guys who is going through the deep waters of Isaiah 43 right now. His aggressive cancer is tearing through him out of control. The doctors have been trying to help him, and really the doctors have only been making it worse. The radiation treatments have been so bad that he has these burns in his throat when he, can't even, he can hardly eat or swallow. And it's easy to think as we see him, as we see him now entering into hospice, to think, God, what can I do to help? I'm just, I'm just going to be in the way. But I'll never forget the words that he shared with me uh, one time just a few weeks ago when I was visiting him at his home. He said, you know what, Dave, whenever I feel like it, whenever I feel up to it, he said, I want and I need people to just show up to be here with me. He says, that means everything to me. His wife, Cindy, told me how um, people have been going over to their house and cleaning their house for them and pulling weeds in their yard right now because Jim can't do it. And how much those silly little touches mean to her. You know, it's easy for us to just kind of downplay or underestimate little actions like that, isn't it? To think, oh, they, they don't really need me. They don't need my time. I'm sure there are a ton of people that are helping. But it's in these moments that we can re-gift God's presence. And Jesus says, do you remember this? Jesus says that when we do that, that we're not only re-gifting God's presence to them, but we're re-gifting God's presence back to Him. Jesus said, when you care for the poor, the hurting, for the sick, He says, you're not just doing it for them, you're doing it for me. Right? When you do these things, even to the least of these, you do it unto me. And the most important thing I think we can remember regarding re-gifting God's presence is this. As God's presence reminds us that we are loved and valuable, our presence reminds others that they are loved and valuable too. This is my favorite part of this here. Look at verse 4. Others were given in exchange for you. I traded their lives for yours. Why? Because you are precious to me. You are honored, and I love you. So don't be afraid, for I am with you. You know, that means a lot in those moments when we're making a mistake in our life, right? 
or when, those, when things seem to be unraveling and we want to beat up on ourselves. Sometimes in those moments, it's hard to feel like we are loved or even deserved to be loved. And God says in this, those moments, don't forget, you're precious to me. You are honored. I love you. It's the message that Jesus had to give Zacchaeus when everyone around him didn't really love him or even give a rip about him, right? As that story unfolded in Luke 19, we saw that Jesus' presence in Zacchaeus' life in that moment changed everything. Maybe, maybe today there are people in your life who just have messed up royally. They've hurt you. They've hurt others around you. Maybe they've even hurt themselves. And everything in you wants to just either lecture them or ignore them entirely because you're just, their actions are just beyond understanding to you. Jesus could have done that very thing with Zacchaeus, but he didn't, right? Instead, Jesus said to Zacchaeus, hey, let's go have lunch together. Who do you know who doesn't need a lecture from you today, but they need a lunch? They need your time, your patience your love they need to know that someone out there really cares beyond just saying hey i'm praying for you right who can you inconvenience who can you inconvenience your life for this week by doing something way beyond what's expected to show to lavish love upon them even when it's hard for them at times to even receive it The greatest gift, guys, if you don't walk away with anything today, walk away with this. The greatest gift that you can give anyone this Christmas is the gift of presence. Especially, especially when someone is hurting, when they're struggling, when they're alone. The gift of your presence can mean everything. The greatest gift a parent can give a child is to put down their remote, to put down their cell phone. And give them the gift of presence. The greatest gift you can give a friend who needs someone to talk to, someone to just vent with, is the gift of your presence. The greatest gift that you can give someone who has no one, like those residents at Catalina Village on the 17th, it's, it's the gift of your presence. The gift of presence is such a precious, precious gift. This Christmas season, guys, is a season when we were reminded that God showed up. That God became Emmanuel. That God made it clear that he is present with us. Jesus knows what others don't know about you. Jesus knows your hidden secrets, your inner fears, your unspoken doubts about what tomorrow may bring. He knows the whole truth about you and me. And guess what? He still loves you anyway. If you're feeling alone today, please, please trust that Emmanuel, God, he is with you and he understands. That first Christmas, Jesus took upon himself our human nature. He took upon himself our feelings, our emotions, our pain, so that he could empathize with you and I. In difficult times, there is no greater gift than the gift of presence. May we never forget that it is available to us any time and any place. And may we also never forget to be sensitive 
to those who are around us so that we can be that presence in the lives of other people who need it. Amen? In your programs today, or on top of your programs today, I've done something a little bit different. You may not have noticed it. It may have just blended in the cover, but I've stuck a couple of post-it notes on your bulletin. Did you see that? This week it says, who needs God's presence regifted today? I'm sharing this with you because I know as great as you are at listening that 95% of the things I share with you, you forget about within a week. Right? It's just true. Even some of the greatest preachers out there, they had the same problem. I understand. So this week I've given you these. And what I want you to do is I want you to take them home with you and stick them somewhere. To remind you every week. Maybe one, for one of them, maybe one of them you need to just stick in your office cubicle or on your computer screen. To remind you several times during the day, is there someone around me that God's saying I need to be present with today? Maybe it's one that you stick on your bathroom mirror or you stick on your, the windshield of your car to remind you before you go into a, a store somewhere. God, if you want me to be present with someone here today, I, I'm listening, I'm, I'm looking. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity today to dig into the Word. And Lord, I, I know that for many of us, we, we struggle with uh, slowing down and seeing the needs of those who are around us. Lord, just as, just as we talked about earlier today, these residents at Catalina Village who spend their days alone in a concrete block room, with nothing other than a, a, a mattress, bed springs, and a couch and a, and a lamp. Lord, they don't need more stuff from us. But they do need Jesus with skin on. They need presence. God's presence in their lives. And Lord, I pray that this December 17th, that we would be able to be that for them. But Lord, more than that, I pray that you would help us to be that for those who we come in contact with on a daily basis. Those people that we come to see are, are hurting. They're struggling. And Lord, sometimes we just, we're so busy, we just want to just kind of pass them by. Lord, I pray that you would help us to slow down and to give them that precious gift of our presence, of your presence in their lives. Lord, I also ask... For those of us who are struggling today, because I know in this room right now, even as I'm sharing this, there are some people who are hearing this today and it's been everything you could do to just not get up emotional or, or cry a little bit because you're thinking, that's where I am, Dave, right now. I'm struggling. I feel alone. I just wish there were someone who understood what I'm going through. And I don't, I, don't, I don't want to burden anyone else with my stuff, but God, I, I need you here in my life. If that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you to reach out to God right now. He's here. He hasn't left you. He hasn't abandoned you. He, he's never stopped loving you. I pray that you will not only sense his presence right now, but that you would know it. That you would know he is here. And that he loves you. And that you are precious in his sight. Despite the mistakes you've made. Despite the people that may, maybe you've hurt in the past. God loves you. And he's not giving up on you. 
Lord, please, may this message sink deep into our hearts today. May we walk away from this place today full of confidence, knowing that when we cry out to you, that you aren't far away, but that you are near. That you are our Emmanuel, not just during Christmas time, but every day of the year. Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, as we uh, come to a culmination of our time together, we come to the Lord's table once again. And I love this because this, this here is a reminder that God hasn't left. You know, we can look at Scripture and we can think back to the Gospels and see Jesus dying on a cross and thinking, well, there's the moment God left. There's the moment Jesus died. There's the moment that you know, you, Jesus did walk the earth and the disciples saw his presence and the disciples felt it, but now it's gone. And Jesus uses this moment to remind us, I haven't gone anywhere. I am still present in your life every single day. As the ushers are coming forward, let me just share with you, this is a time when we're reminded of Christ's sacrifice for us. And uh, we're going to pass around some bread and we want to encourage you to just take a piece. It's gluten-free. Take a piece and hold it and we'll partake of it together in just a moment. And then we'll do the same thing with the cup. Would you pray with me once more? Heavenly Father, we thank you for this bread which represents your body which you have broken for us. Lord, this Christmas season, may we not forget about the reason for this season. In the midst of all the gift giving and the decorating and the baking and all those other things, Lord, every time we do one of those things, would you remind us that we're doing this because of you. We're doing this because it's a reminder that you came to earth for us to give your life for us. And Lord, this morning, may our hearts be filled with joy and celebration as we remember that this is the reason that we gather. This is the reason for the season. In Jesus' name, amen.